Hilliard Beacon audio companion, number 45. I think so. Sounds about right. My name is Jordan Smith. I am one of your hosts today, and I am joined, as per usual, by my good friend, Tim Hoffman. Good evening. And Kevin Corvo. Hi, listeners. We are coming to you live from the studio on a uh, rather balmy, almost approaching 50-degree December day. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting set of circumstances, but I thought we'd start off this uh, little program with a, a bit of interesting news. An Australian woman is charged with <laughs> in personal personal news, close to me as a donut uh, purveyor. An Australian woman was charged with stealing a van carrying 10,000 donuts. 10,000 donuts. That's 800 plus dozen, by the way. She should. There should be a lash for each donut. Ooh, How many wow. baker's dozens? I mean, it, this is, uh, yeah, this is Australia, so there could be a booting involved if we're to believe the Simpsons. Yeah, a woman in Australia has been charged with stealing a delivery van packed with 10,000 Krispy Kreme donuts, so not really a crime anyway. The van went missing from a petrol station in a Sydney <coughs> suburb in the early hours of 29th November, so uh, a little bit delay on this. Uh, police found the vehicle abandoned a week later, along with thousands of spoiled donuts at a car park. They arrested the woman, 28, on Thursday. She was refused bail, faces charges, including vehicle theft and driving while disqualified. Is CC- that what they call it there? <laughs> I think the, no license. Uh, CCTV footage of the incident allegedly shows the woman lingering at the service station at around 4 a.m. local time. That is when the donut people are out there doing their work. Before getting inside the unattended delivery van and then driving away, can't leave the keys. When I used to deliver all around Columbus, I would never leave the keys in the van. It is unclear if she knew the van contained 10,000 donuts. I can tell you it's very difficult to miss (laughs) 800-plus dozen donuts. Uh, Her delicious (laughs) haul included uh, Christmas-themed and classic donuts. News.com.au reported. Krispy Kreme reported the incident to the police and reassured customers then that it was working to replace the 10,000 stolen donuts. <laughs> it takes them half an hour. Yeah, they got those guys in there doing the work to replace those donuts. Well, I just thought that that struck a little close to home. Heading into the holiday season, Santa Claus uh, hijacking a Krispy Kreme donut truck <clears throat> would be one thing. But somebody just stealing it and then leaving it to, you know, just rot, just terrible. Well, <laughs> you know what? She kept those poor quality donuts out of the mouths and stomachs of thousands yeah. of people. I guess the question does become in Australia when, you know, these are your choices. Is is no donut better than certain donuts? Maybe. I guess you'd have to answer for yourself, but uh, you weren't getting any of those 10,000. Anyway, folks, welcome to this week's Hilliard Beacon uh, in more local-based news, uh, our very own Kevin Corvo attended the most recent Hilliard City Council meeting, uh, and we would like to go through some of that uh, information for you now. Uh, Kevin, maybe you could kind of lay out, generally speaking, how you'd like to summarize some of this information as we head into it. City Council approved a, a final appropriation uh, for the funding uh, to build the, the well, the, the Hilliard Recreation and Wellness Campus that is under construction now. If you are driving on the side of Darby Road, uh, you should, it's, it's quite obvious, uh, the walls are up, the concrete walls are up, and uh, the foundation's down, and they are, they are making some progress after um, a slower start than they expected. 
Um, Said there were some soil conditions yes, they needed to uh, battle there through. Were, there were some soil conditions and some things that they had to battle through before they even started uh, construction, which also added to the cost. Sure. Which surely would have probably likely been over budget just because of across the country inflationary factors. Yeah. But then you add on to ordinary inflation uh, dealing with environmental uh, things with streams and soil and all that. So um, the dirt's <clears throat> not right. Just dig it. <laughs> <laughs> so their project manager, that might not be the exact title, uh, but the, the, there's a person who oversees the whole project that reports back to city council. Uh, he gave a, um, a another summary uh, and follow-up to city council. So that brought the total cost of the project to $106.2 million. So far. Uh, no, that's that's it. Uh, that's it. Th th there, there should be. That's it. Uh, there's also some uh, grants and uh, the grants they have. So uh, subtract that out, and it came under just under 100 million dollars. So it came at 99.1 million. But they will need to come up with some additional uh, funding. Uh, the appropriation uh, city council sometime last year uh, approved the issuance or the sale of bonds up to $85 million. Um, or, or I'm sorry, they issued it at $85 million. Uh, that, so they'll need to come up with a little bit of additional funding uh, to make up to make up the difference. But that includes everything. And it's a four-pronged, uh, they summarize the four parts of the of the project. Uh, it's not only the well and, and the uh, facility itself, but this also includes the Cosgray Road extension. So as you are traveling south on Cosgray Road, uh, it will no longer dead end at Side of Darby. It will continue south across Side of Darby Road. And that will be the primary road that meanders through the entire hundred and some acres. I think it's that many acres. But right. there'll be roundabouts. Uh, there'll be a roundabout at Cosgray and Side of Darby. Right. Uh, and then there'll be a couple more roundabouts to be built within the campus. Right. And then Cosgray Road will hook a little bit to the west and then hook into Alton Darby Road. I'm sure the roundabout community <clears throat> and the roundabout lobby is celebrating yeah, over this. Yeah, we're going to add a few more roundabouts. I think, I, guess. I think they've largely been bludgeoned into submission <laughs> at yeah. this point. That should push the number over 20, I think, when they get done with all the roundabouts. A couple part of this project. Right. A couple <clears throat> of quick points on the first two <clears throat> sections. The building itself, I thought <clears throat> it was interesting and noteworthy that they used uh, terrier steel for a lot of the internals in the project, keeping things uh, locally manufactured in Ohio. That's a great and then idea. And ADS. I'm very glad they did that. Also, uh, in the site preparation, as far as the sewer uh, management and some of those factors, they mentioned also the ADS donation and contribution of over $500,000 worth of infrastructure. And, you know, their expertise on the project of that nature, probably reassuring to have one of the worldwide leaders uh, going through your site that was a little more troublesome than usual and making sure everything is... Uh, coming together the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And then I also just wanted to mention on that Cosgray connector, the uh, addition of another Norwich Township fire station. Right, the fourth station will be within that site. 
serving that area and surrounding uh, in ways that those that kind of closeness and proximity can provide. Mm -hmm. They also mentioned quickly uh, some of the environmental factors. You talked a little bit about it. They had some wetland preservation grants and additional modifications to the Clover Groff Run area and property. They uh, meandered the channel. That's going to be a, a new <laughs> phrase that I work into my common everyday vernacular in order to create a little more biodiversity there. And uh, they broadened some of the run there so that more uh, plants and species could thrive in those areas. And then also the athletic fields themselves, the outdoor stuff, uh, pushing the sporting aspect of this as a, as a location that's going to host a lot of events and a lot of different sports and a lot of different uh, capacities. They're going to be over 22, uh, well, rather 22, 22 grass fields. fields and two oh, full turf. 20, 20 grass fields. 20 grass fields, excuse me. Two full turf Two full fields turf synthetic fields. With lights. With lights. Uh, so <clears throat> there should be opportunities galore there to host this burgeoning sports community that has all these events that travel people and do things like that between the Bo Jackson properties and some of the other mm -hmm. sports field capacity we have here in, in the area. There's a lot of potential there for sports tourism, just like we've talked with some people about agritourism and things of that nature. There's always potential in sports tourism as well, especially for uh, a high school uh, sports mecca like Hilliard. The ADS so. contribution um, includes uh, stormwater management, and rather than building above ground retention ponds or detention ponds, they build this underground and it stores stormwater and discharges it responsibly from under yes, but from underground <laughs> from an underground facility. So that's just a different way to do stormwater management than is uh, traditionally done. I mean, most of the subdivisions around Hilliard, I mean Darby Glen, where I live, where we live included, you know, has a retention pond that manages right. stormwater. I wonder what kind of <coughs> subterranean aquatic species will emerge from <laughs> this kind of retention facility. The three-eyed fish of Montgomery burnt. That's two Simpsons references in an episode. I'm officially canned. I'm thinking it's going to be like a no-eyed frog. I'm rooting for frog of some sort. Well, you know what they say about uh, genetic manipulation in the frog population. Uh, uh, this project also includes the OSU uh, Wexner uh, Integrated Medical Facility, and the construction on that will begin uh, imminently. Uh, it's a $5.7 million project. It'll be a pass-through project, uh, so the city is funding this as part of the $106.3 or $99 million, excuse me, but right. that money comes back to the city from OSU as they go through there. Yeah, there's some cost Pro transfers project. and partnership right. <clears throat> monies that need to be uh, looked at. And both of those will open in the summer of 2025. Should we get there? Absolutely. Yeah, the road uh, <clears throat> and the Cosgrave connector work is supposed to be done in 2024, fall of 2024. So the right. infrastructure and travel path will be uh, getting comfortable and, and smoothed out. Uh, that road will close, too, first. by the way. Check the City of Hilliard website, but uh, a side Arby road is going to close um, pretty in soon. In front of that shopping center, I right. saw Right, so yeah. you, you, you won't be able to... It, it'll, it'll be closed. Right around Alton Darby Road. Got it. <clears throat> oh, let's...
let's see. We had uh, some other things going up through city council meeting, uh, Kevin. Other than the well, there was uh, a few commission appointments, right? There was Shade Tree Commission. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. I didn't take notes on that. All right. And then um, uh, there were kind of just end of year functions. They were talking about transferring unencumbered funds, kind of <clears throat> moving things from right. the budget, not increasing any budget lines, but just for bookkeeping purposes, right. transferring balances around and things mm -hmm. of that nature. So uh, that continues uh, the year end cycle of government business and kind of wrapping up. Do we have anything else on the Omar year? and Pete were recognized as LB stepping off council. Uh, Omar, the council president, Omar Tarazi chose not to seek reelection. Um, uh, he will be the Norwich Township fiscal officer. So he will continue in his uh, civic capacity with, as the fiscal officer. With less to do. Uh, Pete, yeah. um, <laughs> Pete Marsh uh, 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 did not um, as well. So they were both recognized for their, their service. And city council approved a raise for our esteemed city manager who uh, is in the, who will, was concluding the first year of her second three-year contract so she okay. came she came on in 2020 with has a three-year contract and then they renewed a contract which is from january of this year through the end of 2025 okay so six percent raise effective january for michelle crandall the city manager well there's only a couple of uh there's only a couple of meetings still scheduled for the last of the year that, well, it looks like there's lack of cases <clears throat> in the Board of Zoning Appeals, so the next scheduled meeting isn't until January. And there's a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting tonight uh, at 7 o'clock, talking about the North Garage at True Point, uh, GTS Real Estate Venture LLC property on Lake and Road. This is... Um, conditional use for outdoor storage at the old um oh doggone it that's been in my neighborhood and they've only been out of there uh a couple of months it was a it was a major company in hilliard for decades and why am i blanking on it all of a sudden started with a b Ball? no over in over off lakin we talked about maybe doing a story on them and how they kind of collapsed and they uh admits the pandemic well anyway maybe we'll just wind up editing this out off of lincoln okay lacon lacon off of lacon oh bruner bruner thank bruner. you yes <clears throat> kevin thank you god what a life preserver that was <laughs> anyway yeah the bruner property um i've been interested in kind of the collapse of that company uh i, I if you look at some of the things around <clears throat> the end of that it was interesting to see how something so uh, well-established could kind of slip, slip, slip away. And in that neighborhood, it's kind of a light industrial neighborhood. Sutphin is located over there, which manufactures a lot of different chassis components. For yeah, you'll see fire trucks fire from trucks out and state, all kinds nature. of places. So if you ever wonder why there's a fire truck from Anchorage, Alaska going around somewhere, it's because... It Maybe not that far away, right. but it's because they're having stuff done. It. Yeah, and there's there's several uh, apparel companies located there off Lacon. <clears throat> uh, I know the Colorado Mountain Sports Company has been really investing in their property and yeah. Aegean Spa and everything. So it's kind of an interesting little uh, manufacturing <laughs> area for us and, and a small business area. So 
I'm always interested to see what's happening in those cases, so we'll maybe follow up on that in the new year. Uh, A few more uh, cases going through. Nothing jumping to mind that that speaks to me that I'd like to talk about today. What about you guys? Uh, I do need to mention for listeners who... uh regularly listen, uh, John Bayer, uh, we'll, we'll reschedule him to come in. He, <coughs> he needed, um, we need to reschedule him. So, Yeah, I didn't know if we wanted to talk about it. I felt uh, a little bit conflicted because we did break the, break the cardinal rule. <laughs> uh, recording the last podcast, we went ahead and talked about, um, <laughs> you know, having John on. The, uh, Let's of, do um, it again. Converse yeah. Technologies. <laughs> So I hope we can do that again soon and get that done uh, really quickly because with the Walpert property purchase, it's being pretty clearly stated that they're hoping and hopeful that some of the clients that land there, some of the businesses that land there are being incubated right now or potentially in the future or maybe have been uh, already iterated at Converge Technologies. So uh, getting John Bear in to sit down and talk with us and tell us a little bit more about what's been going on over there and what could be uh, uh, in the future for his company and other companies like those uh, would be cool and good. So we'll hope and to uh, strive to get that done early in the new year. Tim, uh, Mm. why don't you give us a little bit of an update on the use of the studio? As a as a pod option for people who want to bring their own audio recording uh, into their into their projects, it's uh, interesting. My father called me today for help with the technical problem he's having. He said, "Your aunt Marian, his sister, and I sat down and interviewed my father, you know, decades ago, and I have this cassette tape with that interview on it that I'm not sure I ever listened to." During this interview, my pop-up, my father's father, who, uh, Richard Hoffman, his father came here from Germany in 1917, and they lived in Queens. My father was born in Queens. And in this interview with my grandfather, my pop-up tells a story about on his wedding day, how he borrowed his father's car and hit a horse. On his wedding day. On his way to get married. Did he kill it? (coughs) I don't know. Don't know yet. All right, well, (laughs) stay tuned, listeners. That's called setting the hook. Uh, We might air that interview at some point, (laughs) given uh, Pop Pop's permission. That might be pretty fun. But the idea is those kinds of priceless conversations, you have to have tape running. You have to have something capturing it. So I I didn't realize such a tape existed. I'm excited to help my father work with that. Uh, you know, the audio is compromised, and so it's going to take a little work to get it sounding good. What we have here is a table with microphones and technology uh, to capture those kinds of uh, conversations for folks that might have them. If you've got an aged relative uh whether you do it yourself or you ask uh, Franklin Street for help, do sit down, ask them the questions. Someday you won't be able to. This is a, and you know, we'll give you a, a, a moldy cassette tape copy to 
Sure, <laughs> yes. Our The physical copy promise comes with outdated uh, production standards as well. No, I think there's obviously a flash drive there included with all that stuff and digital copies and all that. That is merely one application of the technology that we're all sitting around right now. Uh, but a timely one, because now's the time, seasonally speaking, when you get together and you feel those heartstrings pull uh, around family ties and you realize uh, time is precious and so are relationships and preserving some of that. Uh, so maybe you can have better conversations about those people with your own kids at some point in the future or something. Um, it helps. It helps a lot to have uh, physical elements uh, to remember people by and to remember important events by. So if you'd like to create some kind of audio memento or if you'd like to produce an ongoing uh, project, we've had people call uh, or uh, get in touch with Tim over email and come into the studio and take a look at it for all different sorts of purposes. So if you have ideas, you can always get in touch with us at franklinstreetcreative at gmail.com. And uh, as it regards that, you'll be wanting to talk primarily to Tim as he is the head of the studio project. Uh, when it comes to if you are a veteran and would like to get in touch with Kevin to uh, be interviewed for his ongoing project, uh, talking to service people from Hilliard, uh, living in Hilliard, uh, for his new uh, ongoing project that we have not yet titled, but we have a few ideas. Um, I'm I'm hesitant to give things away now that we had to cancel the bear interview. Okay. <clears throat> so we're going to hold off until it's actually out there in the world. But, yeah, we're trying to pipe those things uh, in right now and get that lined up for the new year. So thank you again. Uh, if this does turn out to be the last time we chat with you digitally in this year, 2023, thank you for an interesting year. Thank you for an interesting first year, a challenging but exciting first year. And uh, we hope and look forward to you uh, supporting us in the new year in 2024. Uh, I think we can look forward to a lot of growth next year. We've got some cool things coming together to promote the project and try to bring it to more people, put it in front of more people. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that kind of work going forward. And I know that uh, you guys out there appreciate it, as I've heard from a lot of you. So, Tim, do you have anything to say to the people out there about uh, the Beacon Project or where we are with it? Actually, I uh, would like to solicit uh, questions and comments from folks. I think if we get together again, maybe it'll be a Q&A format uh, where readers can ask <clears throat> us questions and we will either ignore them or answer them. Something else fun. I'll share um, that we might work into our coverage next year <clears throat> is reporting on uh, civic Civic associations, civic fundraisers, things of that nature. Mm. Uh, a listener, um, Sylvia Bauer, who was my teacher in high school, uh, saw the story on the coats that were donated uh, that were collected with Cram a Cruiser. And she said, well, gee, I wish I'd have known that because I would have donated toward it. Right. And I didn't put anything, we didn't put anything online that said that the Hoyer police were doing this. I just picked up a little story that afterwards over and done with so uh maybe that's something um if if our listeners are interested in knowing when organizations are having charitable drives of one kind or another uh, maybe that's something we can um yeah we can do yeah it's it's tough i i know that destination hilliard has a really good social calendar but that's more focused on events and things of that nature but i do think it does have some other things in there that are more socially oriented and i'm sure that 
a lot of that stuff could be incorporated or put together, not necessarily by us. I have noticed that that is a thing that people are struggling with now when I'm dropping our pieces into the social media environment or when I'm commenting on people's confusion, it's often <coughs> they don't have a lot of good cohesive, I guess a good cohesive information network for Hilliard. So I often just suggest the triumvirate of us, obviously, right? I mean, come on. Uh, but also the Hilliard government website, which is a good central organizing point and for what's going on in the city, but then also Destination Hilliard for that calendar that I mentioned, because you can comb through that calendar in all sorts of different ways with all sorts of different search criteria attached to it and f get a good handle on what's going on in the city uh, and get you good points of contact for getting more directly involved. I guess that maybe Chamber of Commerce, if you're business related, right. uh, is a, a great direct tie-in. But... Um, yeah, I guess other than that, Kevin, did you have anything you wanted to share with listeners or readers uh, after the first year of operating as the Hilliard Beacon kind of draws to a close? Nothing specific other other than to thank those Keep who Keep reading. Have, yeah, other than to thank those who have, um, who have subscribed and read, and uh, I am uh, grateful for the opportunity with you uh, to uh, continue to do what I love to do and share information with uh, the readers of Hilliard um, about what's going on in our city. Yeah. So oh. far, not a lot of regrets uh, around this table for taking this little job on and doing the things that we're doing now. So from all of us to all of you, thank you for a, a good first year and thank you for a wonderful uh, 2023 <clears throat> uh, as the Hilliard Beacon. Our thoughts are with people around the world that, uh, are struggling and, and that need help in, in many different ways and hopefully they find relief and peace in this time uh, around uh, the Christmas season so uh, thanks again everybody I don't really know how to end this other than to say have a great Christmas and have a happy new year goodbye goodbye